yeah, Spence. I'm so stoked to be back once again here with the Ventura Forward Podcast. We're always searching for the tastiest of waves, the hot tunes, the fun in the sun, righteous food, and everything good across the 805. On this show, we've got great segments breaking down the goods that we have discovered all over the 805 from our journalistic point of views as we are out and about in the community. And today, we have one of our great nonprofits in the Ventura County, the Ventura Land Trust. Are you ready, Spence? Ready to go. Good. Let's go, because right now we have not only the Ventura Land Trust, but the leader of the Ventura Land Trust, the executive director, Melissa Baffa. Melissa, how are you? I'm great. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be in here and tell a little more about your journey of becoming executive director of the Ventura Land Trust. And as we briefly just mentioned, the 20-year birthday coming up very soon and hearing more about the things that have happened with the Ventura Land Trust over the last 20 years. Absolutely. Yeah, Ventura Land Trust was actually founded in 2003 as the Ventura Hillsides Conservancy. As the community was debating how the hillsides behind the city of Ventura were going to be used. And uh, fast forward almost 20 years, we're at 19 and a half years or so right now. Um, we actually have moved to an organization that holds more than just Hillsides properties. We hold a number of properties across Ventura County, um, but also our first couple of sets of properties were in the Ventura River Bottom. And so a few years ago, the organization took a look at itself and said, hey, wait a second, we're about more than Hillsides, and rebranded to be the Ventura Land Trust. Um, I joined the organization in August of 2021, so I'm just about now coming up on my one-year anniversary pretty soon. And um, I've really been brought in to help guide the organization from kind of a small, young, grassroots organization to a more mature organization. We went from having fewer than 100 acres to having 4,000 acres practically overnight. And so the organization needs to grow in order to match those recent acquisitions. So what's your background in preservation? What, what got you into this field and got you so enthusiastic and dedicating uh, your life and your career to saving the hillsides? Where did that all start? Uh, I would say it probably all started when I was a kid. My family would hike and camp. Um, you know, we were a middle-class family, lived here in Southern California, and um, that was our vacation mode. And so spending time outdoors was something that really resonated with me. I studied biology in college and um, actually have had a pretty circuitous route. I spent some time in biotech. I was a classroom teacher for a while and then got into nonprofit management about 14 years ago. And everything in the nonprofit world that I've done has always had something to do with nature or education or both. It's a lot the same with my family. We went on, you know, cheap dates for vacations up to Lake Casitas. We go hiking in the Cespi. A lot of that was, uh, you know, we weren't the family that could go to Rome. Right. Uh, so a lot of my upbringing, and I lived in Thousand Oaks in the 60s, and it was just vast open spaces. So I was really attracted to it. And like many of our listeners and many people involved with the Ventura Land Trust, you saw it go from, wow, there's so much space, to, wow, there's a lot of space, to, wow, where the space gone? You know, it starts yeah. worrying you when you think, you know, we used to hike those hills. Now there's houses all over them. People have to live somewhere. We know that. But you do want to keep the integrity of nature balanced with a good community where people can live, prosper, and enjoy, but preserve the hillsides for people to also go on out there and enjoy, as you have many times, Spencer. 
That's the unique demographic and land that we have here in Ventura County, and especially in the city of Ventura, right? I always joke around. We've got four distinct borders, the ocean, two rivers, and a, and a hillside. Mm -hmm. And with that uniqueness, there also was dilapidation. You know, over the last, you know, say the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s, we didn't take advantage and build relationships like other community did. And that's where the Ventura Land Trust came in with this full head of steam, community members. I have to give Steve Dahl a shout out. He's one of our biggest fans. He's one of these amazing community members who has put in these 10, 15, 20 years of just pure service. This is an organization that was started off pure community service turn into a nonprofit, and that's why it's being so successful, Spence. And I'm so happy to be part of it. I've been able to volunteer, donate, and it's just the tip of the iceberg as well. And when we look at the best time to plant an oak tree is 150 years ago, the yeah. next best time is today. Yeah. And one of the things with people that have vision, like you're talking with Steve and many of the other people, when you say, well, in 10 years we're going to have, some people say 10 years, but then it's here, and it's beautiful. And I've had the chance to hike it. I went to a wonderful dinner uh, at the uh, you know uh, Harmon Canyon, and it is a fantastic place to go hiking. It's absolutely gorgeous and open to a lot of good flat walking. And then if you got a little in you, there's some decent hills you can also conquer. One thing I'd like to talk about what the land trust does: they not only acquire land, but when people think of trails, these trails don't happen by accident. Yeah. And when they do, sometimes that's not a good thing. You need people who know how to carve these trails. Who's behind that? How does all that work between volunteers, money? It's such a big part of the canyon. Tell us about that. Yeah, trail building is a whole thing. And I wish my um, preserve director, Dan Holst, was here because he is absolutely amazing at explaining trail development. But basically, um, it starts with looking at the topography of the land and looking at um, you know, where do you want to go and how do you get there in a sustainable way? Because if you just go, um, let's say I want to get to the top of a hill. If I go from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill and I cut a trail there, that may be the easiest, shortest way to get there, but water feels the same way. And so when it rains, then that trail erodes like crazy if it's just a straight shot. So anybody who's experienced out in, you know, the outdoors and knows a well-built trail, you'll have lots of switchbacks, you'll have gradual inclines over areas, um, and then you have things called rolling grade reversals and the trails are kind of cantilevered in a certain way in order to direct water and water flow so that it sheets rather than creates deep ruts. Um, ruts are dangerous for hikers and certainly for mountain bikers um, and they require a lot of staff time to come in and repair those trails uh, after a big rain event. So um, the whole design phase comes first and costs an ungodly amount of money. And then, um, then you have the build um, section. And building can only happen during certain times of the year when you have appropriate moisture contents in the soil. So you'll only see VLT adding trails like in the winter spring seasons and then the rest of the year we got to put it on pause because the soil is just too dry. Um, and a trail can cost $80,000 a mile to install. I mean, it's, it's insane how long, you know, how expensive this process is. So from concept to actually getting feet and bike tires on a trail, 
uh, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's part of the reason why land trusts like us are constantly fundraising, right? Because if we want to add more as places get more popular, like Harmon Canyon, we want to have more trails for people to be able to spread out. We've got to raise more funds. And that's why about the Ventura Land Trust in here to not only tell about the uniqueness of it, but how you can get involved. And we'd like to take a moment real fast to give a shout out to our sponsors for giving us a chance to share this information, whether it's the Ventura Real Estate Company, Arsenal's Comics locally as well. Uh, we have Mr. Mountain Dolls, a proud sponsor, M&M Security Systems going through. So we're going to keep calling out a few of our sponsors and a few of these segments. And a segment we like to talk about now is the volunteers and the uniqueness of their side, of their kindness, I should say. So, Melissa, I'm going to ask you a few questions right now, mm -hmm. kind of the insiders get to know you a little bit better. Also, a chance, these are unique ones I've created about the land trust and hopefully a shout-out opportunity. But um, what's your favorite animal that you have encountered on the Ventura Land Trust properties so oh, far? Oh, goodness. You know, I would say that I have not personally encountered this animal, but we have an amazing wildlife tracker and uh, he also uses cameras on our property, Mike Watling, and he has captured evidence of amazing animals. So your typical skunks and raccoons and, and deer and coyotes and whatnot, we have actually seen badgers on our cameras at Harmon Canyon, right? Wow. I know, that was the one that really surprised me. Uh, we've seen a bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just wander right through. And, um, you know, we've seen evidence of, you know, well, we've seen bobcats, but we've seen evidence of mountain lions up there, as you would expect. Um, and down to the small size, we have these cute little animals called kangaroo rats mm -hmm. uh, on our property at Harmon. So um, in terms of habitat, it's amazing value. Look at that, Spence. You couldn't just pick one. See how cute I couldn't is. pick one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did not follow the directions. If you have one, Spence, who would it be? Well, with me, I love the birds, ah. especially when you're up going switchbacks. And I just want to say something about switchbacks. A friend of mine once said when we were hiking, these switchbacks are boring. And I said, no, they're not. Every time you look, you see the same beautiful view. I said, switchbacks actually calm the speed of your hike, and you get the view again and again and again. I could look at this forever. We could sit here on a bench and look at it. So who cares? Switchbacks are necessary for a proper trail. And I think, I sincerely believe, it enhances the hike. I went up Whitney. There's a few switchbacks there. I've been up there twice. It's essential. So don't cut switchbacks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Done with that. But the birds, when you get to altitude, just glide along and everything's quiet. It's just one of those miracle of nature's. Yeah, I, nature's miracles. I um, am terrified of snakes. I have an mm. unnatural fear, but they're part of the system. They're part of the way it goes. So if you see one, acknowledge, let it get out of the way and carry on. Beautiful, thank Rattlesnakes you. Rattlesnakes are essential for the ecosystem. I'm the I'm the roadrunner guy. I love roadrunners. Ah, I like yeah. finding them. They're fast. They're hard to see. The other bird that's great is quail. I don't know if they yes. pop up much. We a lot of quail. When they yeah. come flying out, they're beautiful birds. Oh. What yeah. are they? they look like and pigeon. speaking of wildlife, I'm going to take just a bit of a left turn. Our own wildlife with our dogs. Now, some yeah. dog walking is okay, but there's a, a limit line. There is, yeah. So if you're walking up the main mm. road at Harmon or the main trail, um, that's the double wide trail, uh, about one and a half miles in, you'll see a sign, and there's also a you know, dog poop bag station right near there um, that tells you you got to turn around and take your dog out. 
And a lot of people don't understand why we limit dogs into the canyon. And it's actually um, biological, right? So dogs' roots being wolves, um, the scent that's put off by their urine or their feces um, actually is triggering to other animals uh, who are, you know, wandering through. So it actually alters their behavior. Uh, Ventura Land Trust is primarily a conservation organization. So we are a conservation organization that allows recreation on our property. Some land trusts don't allow recreation at all. It's just closed to the public and they keep it just for nature. Um, we've decided to try and strike that balance of you know conserving the land but also allowing people to connect with the land and to spend time on it. So that's a compromise that we have to make that at about one and a half miles in on that main road you got to turn around and bring your dog back off. We also ask that everybody keep their dogs on leash at all times uh, at Harmon Canyon Preserve. We have other properties like the Big Rock property up near Foster Park where we don't allow dogs at all because it's a sensitive enough environment. The trails are very narrow, um, so we just don't allow dogs there. And that's marking your territory. That's why you yeah. hear that. That's what animals do. So be kind. Your dog's going to have a really nice walk for that mile and a half. I've walked it myself, so it's good. And just remember, the dog is not part of that ecosystem. We aren't either. That's why we have to be careful of what we do when right. we walk the land. And so we ask people to stay on trail. You've alluded to that a couple of times, both on your bike and on foot. Um, native plants are incredibly delicate, particularly when you're, we're in a per se, um persistent drought situation like we have now, the vegetation's really dry. You step off trail and you think, oh, it's no big deal, it's just this one plant, crunch, that plant's gone. And without good rainstorms, it's really hard for a new plant to come in. And so what you get is a lot of wild mustard, which people look at the hillsides and they see all those yellow flowers in the spring and they think, oh, it's so beautiful. What they don't realize is that that's a highly invasive plant. Um, that actually crowds out our native vegetation. So we are fighting the fight of our lives at Harmon Canyon and other properties to try and eradicate invasive species like wild mustard, arundo in our riverbeds, and tamarisk and other plants that crowd out the natives and that um, really alter our landscapes permanently. Melissa, that's a great point. I'd like to maybe touch a little further on that. We talk about bringing back the native plants. And I think the conversation normally stops right there yeah. because then people would say, well, what's wrong with the invasive plants, the native plant? What's the main advantage to the topography and the land of the nature of the land? What does that provide by bringing back the natural plants? Yeah, so the native plants you know, are here after millions and millions of years of evolution, right? So they are specifically adapted to where they are growing um, in terms of the soil composition in terms of the other organisms that depend upon them, the insects and the animals, um, those native plants are an integral part of our natural landscape. And when we introduce invasives, many times those invasives don't provide food, they overuse water because they're from places where water is more abundant, so they just soak it up and then they throw it out of these little pores in their body right out into the air, kind of like our grass does mm -hmm. at our homes. Um, they don't provide habitat, you know, so Arundo um, is very difficult for birds, for example, to nest in mm. around the river. Um, so, um, and there's lots of, lots of problems cool. that, they, that they have. 
that's very great information. I think that lets the details that we're looking for. So when you say come out to volunteer mm-hmm. and get involved in the weeds, no, I don't want to go pull weeds. Right. You know, and you, do, you know, there's reason. You're creating habitat for animals. You're creating, you know, the soil. You're producing that soil. I think that's the tangibility and the reason Ventura Forward is making this podcast again diving into the depthness of what we can do to use our volunteer hours, using your knowledge and your professionalism to this granola conversation. Because we joke around Ventura, you know, we're a little slow here, right? We talk about sharing the stoke and being this small beach community, but we've got so much vibrancy and opportunity through our economic platforms. We have oil right here ever throughout. We've got agriculture. We've got this wildlife uh, to preserve. And that's really the fun part about it and what really gets me just vibing. You can even hear the passion quickly come in my voice now thinking about these things as my counterpart here, Spence, stares at me, looking at me kind of funny. The <laughs> other thing about goats and talking about the native species. Speaking I of get back goats, to the goats. Yeah. we're talking about i got to get back now. to goats. My favorite animal, when I went for the dinner, my favorite animal other than the bird was the goats up on the hill. But I have a question. <laughs> Since I know how some plants get where they are, so you bring in these goats. Yeah. Have they been fed a local diet so their poop doesn't bring in something from somewhere else? That's such a great question. I had always wondered that as well. And so um, goats come up because recently at Harmon Canyon we had goats that um, were on actually an adjacent property owned by the church right there. And they barely came on to our property. And that was in partnership with the Ventura County Fire Department to remove fuels. And yeah, you wonder, oh, well, if they've been eating invasives elsewhere, are they just pooping out the seeds here? Um, And from what I understand, their digestive systems are so efficient that they actually break down those seeds. And so they're not pooping them out. But goats are voracious, as you know. So one thing you have to do when you bring goats in ahead of time is protect any particular plants that um, you know need protecting. You also have to kind of graze them on a a spot for a while and then move them along to the next area because otherwise they mow everything down. So there is some legwork that needs to happen with goats um, and they're not cheap. So again, you know, the funding is that important um, for us to do that. But we were excited to be able to do uh, bring the goats in this year because it helps to reduce the fire fuel load along that boundary of Harmon Canyon, particularly along that Clearpoint neighborhood boundary, because we know it was so hard hit in the Thomas fire. So many homes were lost up there. So many of our community members' lives just devastated. And so whatever we can do as good neighbors to try and, you know, reduce the fuel loads, that's something that we're working on as well. Goats are not cheap. No. This is what we're learning. I had, well, the video you guys provided, we put on our KVTA Facebook page, and it went off. I think we had 30-some thousand views on that. So it was really, really popular. And it's interesting. Why did they do that? Then you find out fire suppression, get rid of invasive species. Well, that makes sense. And what better way to do it within the ecosystem rather than bringing up some kind of power tools or and those hillsides burns. are steep yeah you know so putting a human up there with a weed whipper just isn't mm-hmm. possible um let alone safe so goats can handle it though. love the goats yeah relationships in the community are very important and you guys have been great at that i think that we have to talk about the partnership that the ventura land trust and ranch of ventura conservation trust have been building as well mm-hmm. you know some people like to describe our hillside kind of the shape of tennessee If you take the shape of Tennessee and you draw a line right in the middle and cut it in half, the top half is our oil fields. The bottom half and then divide it into three, right? It was Walker Hearns, the Mariano Ranch, and then the Lloyd Family Ranch. And so with 
Ranch of Ventura Conservation Trust being in the middle of 2,500 acres and having no recreation for the most part except for some scheduled hikes, using land management through cattle still, it's such a unique situation we have here now having the Ventura Land Trust at the Walker Hearns and known as Harmon Canyon Ranch. And so that's the partnership I'm really looking forward to seeing growing. It's already been growing. We know how the Ojai Valley Land Conservancy is also coming to that play with uh, possibly uh, land for sale up in the Canada Largo area. So I know I'm just speaking, again, forefrontly speaking, but I'm excited about the relationships being built because before, Melissa, it wasn't a conversation being had. Right. It wasn't in existence. And that's where the community really got frustrated. You know, and it, that's what started off the Ventura Land Trust was the Hillside Conservancy Group and the possibility of being having more houses built in our hillside and not knowing. So the community involvement is what started the land trust. And then other community members, let's take, for example, um, a piece of our property, if I can say we being the land trust, is the Willoughby property, yes. which people uh, better known as the, the, the pretty much the mouth of the Ventura River. And here's a family that donated this land to the Ventura Land Trust. So not only people are donating their land, their three, you've been teaching me about the three T's, correct? Mm-hmm. Time, treasure, and talent. Time, treasure, and talent. Some people have three. Some people have one. Find your space in those three T's to give back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I think what you're, you're hitting on here is the fact that a lot of people really love living in Ventura County because of our open space and our agricultural space, right? We have this beautiful natural and pastoral beauty that as Ventura County continues to evolve and we continue to pursue different methods of economic development, um, the voters have said we really want to keep these spaces as they are that's really challenging, mm-hmm. right? It's challenging in times of housing pressure. It's challenging for our agricultural neighbors and friends as they face water shortages and ever more saline water and you know competition globally. You yeah. know, I, I mean, and I could keep going and I'm not even a farmer and sure. I know the list is very, very long. Sure. So, um, you know, the, the thing is, is that, you know, the ag community kind of got the short end of the stick on that one. And now they're trying to figure that out. Um, I feel like land trust, we kind of got the long end of the stick on this in a way in that um, there is this pressure to really try and preserve open space. And as we've seen with Harmon Canyon, we see so many folks who have been hungering for this in their backyard. I mean, when we first opened, we estimated that we were maybe getting about, you know, 60,000 visitors a year or so. Um, We now think that that number is up to 175,000. I mean, it is tremendously popular. That parking lot at Harmon Canyon is full all the time. We've got um, neighbors who, um, from all in the neighborhoods around, who tend to walk or bike in at this point. Um, and so we just see that there's that really hung, like hunger, that pent-up hunger in our community to get out and get on the trails. Now, the good news is at Harmon, you know, at over 2,000 acres, once you get on the trails, it feels like you got the place to yourself, right? Even though that parking lot may be totally full, you may not see another person for, you know, a long time while you're out there. Um, But you mentioned, yes, we have other properties. So the Willoughby property is down near the mouth of the Ventura River, Um, has traditionally been used for over 100 years for camping by unhoused individuals. And so that's another challenge that land trusts, ours and others who manage 
you know, properties that can be attractive to that kind of use um, to manage, um, you know, both from the human services side, but also from the environmental impact side, you know, because those encampments come with human waste and garbage and other things that we don't want out in the ocean. Our surfers don't want to be out there after a rainstorm and getting ear infections and GI you know, issues. And yeah, pokes, unfortunately. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And so um, that's something that, you know, we in partnership with the police department and county workers and other agencies, you know, have to combat as well. That's awesome. And that shows you the depth of the land trust. Again, it's not just people going and picking up weeds. Yes. It's, it's, it's all about it. It's just it's accepting the community and the issue we had with our land right. and solving those problems. When we look at uh, what is now Harmon Canyon, the addition of the parking lot was great. What about like visitor centers, places uh, of information as you're walking along and seeing this is what that plant is? Is there development towards that? Well, you know, as a conservation organization, we we have these discussions a lot um, because we know people, uh, you know, many people are there for the natural beauty. Some people mm-hmm. are just there to get their sweat on. They put the earbuds in. They don't care about the bird song. Got their Apple Watch. And that's watch. cool, too, yep. you know. Um, but we don't want to clutter up the landscape too much with signage. Um, but another challenge is, you know, you think, oh, maybe you could create an app. Well, yeah, that works if you've got cell phone coverage. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, that is something that's in development. We do have a kiosk right near the main trailhead that there's some panels being designed that will go up and have some information about some of the plants and animals and history and, you know, things like that about the preserve. But once you've passed that kiosk, we don't have a lot of signage. Run back to the it. kiosk. I got to know what this flower is. Right. What about docent tours, guided tours? Yes, we do do that. Thank you. Um, so we have a number of different programs that we offer. Some are free to the community, um, and some are you know fee based uh, to help pay for the experts that we hire for these programs. Um, we do have free community hikes right now. We're offering them twice per month. One is in English, and one is bilingual with Spanish speakers helping to guide the hike. Um, And then we have a number of fee-based programs. So those could be uh, a medicinal plant walk uh, with our local botanical guru, uh, Lanny Coffer. Um, They could be things like birding walks. Um, We're even putting together programs and offering programs that partner art and music with nature because we know that people come to nature for different reasons. And so we have, um, just coming up in a couple of days, we've got a summer solstice drum circle at Harmon Canyon uh, as a fundraiser for the capital campaign that we're currently in. Um, We also have a plein air painting workshop coming up in July. We've got a writing in the wild workshop coming up in the fall. Um, And we're just always looking, we've had photography workshops. Um, So we're always looking for new ideas. So if there are people out there who are interested in giving back to Ventura Land Trust in a way, working with us to develop programs um, or get involved on that volunteer basis, then, you know, hit us up because we definitely are interested in finding new ways for the community to, you know, engage with us and engage with the land. Excellent. Uh, With opportunity there too, did I see online that 
not only do you offer a volunteer opportunity, but also really good jobs. We do. With we the do. land trust. I mean, how, how staff is up to how many people played employees? We are currently up to 22. What? And we are working to hire our 23rd as I speak. Um, we've got some interviews set up shortly. Um, and, um, you know, on the docket for next year is probably another three to four. Um, that we're starting to plan for and budget for. Um, that's part of that right-sizing the organization to help mm -hmm. fit all of those acquisitions and help us get everything done. Um, because not only do we need to power through this moment of these new acquisitions, but we need to lay the foundation for what's to come beyond that. You mentioned that there's a lot of open space still up just in our hillsides behind, you know, the city of Ventura. And as you go down the Heritage Valley towards Santa Paula and Fillmore, and even once you turn around and look out on the Oxnard Camarillo Plain, there's actually quite a lot of open space that, you know, could potentially be preserved and have habitat and recreation available. So... It's kind of like a dream come true, Spence. You know, here we are, a bunch of people just living in Ventura, not knowing we could come together and own land. You know, when you donate with the land trust, you feel like you're part of the land. And go back to the old days when I lived in T.O., I was one of the kids that was against the Oaks Mall in the mm. 70s because my whole point was we moved here to be here, and we can go over the hill to Topanga, but the, most of the people wanted it just to upgrade. And, where, and not that I was Nostra Thomas on this one, but... I look at a lot of the folks who type in, who enter into, uh, I grew up in T.O. It's a Facebook site. Mm -hmm. What happened? This place used to be so rural. It yeah. did, didn't it? You've yeah. got to be careful. And all of these guys, a few of them, I said, told you so. Remember when I was a hippie in 74 who did this and did that? Well, that was extreme. Oh, but now it isn't. So it is a conversation that the community has to have to have proper housing, proper business. But why do a lot of people want to move here? They'll get a beautiful house. A safe county, good schools, and a place to walk with your kids and family and views that aren't going to be hills covered with houses. Yeah. There's your balance. There, There's the game right there. I'm for the open land myself. We have a few more minutes here with Melissa Boffa, Executive Director of Ventura Land Trust. I want to remember to give our sponsors a big shout out here. Ventura Music Hall, thank you for always checking us with us. Pizza Man Dam for providing those pizzas at the community events. And once again, Arsenal Comics for your proud sponsor. Look for our Superhero Beach Community Cleanups coming soon, Spence. The pier is the first one, July 9th. Are you ready? I want to clean up with the Hulk. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> well, you, my, my favorite superhero is the Hulk. We have you on the list as the Hulk. Okay, good, good. I'm, I'm, I, I will get some green paint. And Your body isn't, you don't have any allergy to green, to green color dye, do you? None that I know of. Okay, you're gonna, we're going gonna to find out on I'm July 9th. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah. Love the Hulk. He goes from being the most brilliant person on the planet to an absolutely insane I, I love the and we're gonna so have to bring we we're gonna have to bring those superheroes up to Harmon Canyon and also do it. down to Willoughby. And I'm gonna go back to Melissa here with a few more fun questions before we let her get back out to saving the world. And that is now this is a one a one answer question, Melissa. What is your favorite view of the Ventura Land Trust? If you were to stop in one spot right now, and you can always change in the future, but what's that little moment like? Where is it? So. If I have to pick just one, please, I would say um, up on one of our hillside properties, looking out um, over the city of Ventura, um, you can see the Channel Islands in the distance. You can look all the way down to the Santa Monica Mountains and then kind of turn around and look over your, your shoulder and look down the Heritage Valley towards Santa Paula and Fillmore. Um, 
it's so expansive. Um, so this is up at uh, the Goldenberg Overlook at Harmon Canyon. And you get to the Goldenberg Overlook by going all the way up Harmon Canyon Road. And then your reward is, if once you've gotten to the Goldenberg Overlook, there's a new trail at Harmon Canyon, the Roper Smith Family Trail, otherwise known as Trail 203. It's the first in our second phase of trails at Harmon Canyon. And it's a nice couple mile downhill one way only trail that just opened less than a month ago. Ooh, I gotta get up there. I've been at Harmon Canyon, but I haven't trekked to the top yet. I gotta get up there. I, yeah. That might have been the point that I was at when uh, Cole and I, my son, we went up and we we did some elevation, and there was a point where you could see the ocean yeah. and you could see the SP on the hill above the airport, yeah. and from one point you could see that. It was breathtaking, just awesome. Yeah, all and, because of the Ventura Land Trust. And there's benches up there, so mm -hmm. you can sit and catch your breath. Maybe if you brought a meal, you know, have your sandwich. <laughs> and you probably advise people on this too, but know what you can do. Know what your physical yeah. capabilities are. Hat, light clothing. If you have a little backpack, just in case it gets chilly because the sun sets or something. But mm -hmm. have a little snack. Have a lot of water. water. Just make sure. Water is king. And take it easy. You know, some of you folks I know, like Steve Dahl, he could run there and back twice. You know, these uh, Ed Weehan, for crying out loud. You know, right. Dude runs circles around the county. That's his training. But a lot of us are more, we can do the three. We can do the four. Mm -hmm. But just make sure and, and get into it. But have um, all sunscreen, just all of that stuff in a little pack, and you will have so much more fun. Yeah. Nobody's going to say, Daddy, I'm thirsty, uh, because you're just going to have it with you. So it's just a, a little caution. We don't want people to be fearful, just aware. Yeah, well, and too, remember, if you're going to bring your dog, bring water for your dog. Mm -hmm. There's no water in Harmon Canyon. So uh, once you, you know, hit the trails, that's it. You're on your own. All right, now, wrapping up here quickly, shout out a volunteer. I have a volunteer on my mind, Melissa, but if you have an opportunity to give one volunteer a shout out, who is it? Uh, I would say that actually it's a partner pair, um, Chris and Terry, who run our WIP program, which is our Wildlife Habitat Improvement Program. We actually just gave them a volunteer award at our uh, annual volunteer event um, because they not only started up this program, they fund the program. Ooh. And two days a week, Sunday mornings and Monday mornings from 8 to 10 a.m., they run volunteer crews at Harmon Canyon in that enormous task of removing invasives. So when you look and you see all the mustard, you kind of go, huh, there's no way. These people get out there twice a week and they just dominate and pull out so much. And so it's it's got to go to those two. I've got to break the rules again. That's okay. Because they are <laughs> superheroes. They need capes. We're going to get them involved in that. We're going to do a mustard cleanup possibly for this superhero with Arsenal Comics. And then my shout-out is Rafael Ojeda. Yes. Raf has been a big friend of mine forever. I see him post for you guys. He's the, we call, Steve calls him the super docent. Yes. So, Raf, love you. Shout-out to you and the work you do on Land Trust. And the last question, Melissa, what are you most excited about the future? If there's one thing you can tell us about before we wrap up the podcast, close it with your excitement for the Land Trust, please. I think the thing that excites me the most is that the work that we are doing now is for forever. We are making a commitment to protect this land in perpetuity. Um, and so we know that 
you know, the trails that we're building now will be walked by thousands of feet, um, you know, over the next hundreds and hundreds of years. The trees that we plant, we may never sit in the shade of those trees, but somebody will enjoy that shade. And so that's what excites me, both for the people of our community and the wildlife that is seeing ever dwindling space in which they can live and roam. And that's how you share the stoke right there, Spence. Let's go. Yeah, let's make it happen. Volunteer, do whatever you can. When you take the hike, be polite, enjoy, clean up your trash, you know, take the photos, leave the footprints, and that's it. Uh, just be a good steward of the environment, and you're going to have a great time. And it's a wonderful place. I've only been on, I believe at this point, four hikes through the canyon, but uh, I've been there enough to know the greatness of it. And we can go, you know, Sycamore, Wildwood, and T.O. Uh, we can talk about all the different hikes, wonderful hikes in Ojai, but for the city of Ventura, so accessible. And you go from being in the city of Ventura into the wild. And it's so amazing how quickly that happens, how you're just out in the peace of nature, just like that. All right, Spence, we're going to wrap it up. Ventura Forward, episode number 12. I'm going to give a big thanks again to our guest, Melissa Boffer, for coming in, executive director of Ventura Forward. Melissa, thank you for your time. And we also want to give a big shout-out to our music again, Ray Fresco, for always bringing us home. Spence, we'll see you in the community. Let's go.